Thank you, Rian. Thank you, elders. And thank you to all of you for being my captive audience. The doors are locked, right? Yeah. No, I'm only kidding. Um, don't worry, I'll try not to make too many jokes. I can't promise anything, Rian. <laughs> um, so, yeah, this morning I have the privilege to share something that, that uh, our leaders and elders feel for us in this time. And um, last week, anybody remember? doesn't matter which congregation you were in. Um, we covered what? What about apostolic? Devotion. Heard it. Yeah? Yeah? Devotion to the apostolic. All right? So everywhere across Josh Chen last week, that was shared in some way. Some, I think even in some of our 412 partnering churches. And this week, we carry on that uh, devotion. Right? Um, and the part of the devotion that we're referring to is the devotion to fellowship. Yes? Um, now, if we just reflect on that devotion, the word, anybody remember the definition? Sure. Okay, we're going to have one of those audiences today. All right, so it's perseverance, right? One of the words that came through there, perseverance. Quentin, he's nodding with me, all right? And continuing despite difficulty. Now, you're probably asking, hey, Enrico, listen, you just said devotion to fellowship. What's that got to do with perseverance and great difficulty? Yeah? No? Kevin would normally say, that's a good question. Okay, anyway, Kevin, I tried, it didn't work. All right, so hold your horses, we'll get there. Um, if I can have Acts 2.42 up, um, yeah, it says there, right? All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, and that's last week. Yes? We got that? Then just past that, it says, uh, and to fellowship and to the sharing in meals. Now, um, one of my previous leaders used to, that, that second, that last part, all right? The sharing of meals used to be called swallowship. Loved the man, he was a father, swallowship. But that's not the fellowship that we're referring to today. Kim liked that one as well. So I'm going to stick with them because they're laughing while I'm saying it, right? Okay, but they devoted themselves to fellowship. Fellowship with whom? Right? Question? Anybody want to answer? And I'm not asking the front line here, by the way. Anybody? Fellowship with whom? One another? Right? So you're saying with friends? Like-minded people, colleagues, family. Mm. All right. Devoted themselves to fellowship. What if I told you it's a bit more than that? Just more than swallowship. More than eating, right? So we know Josh Jen, and I'll get there a bit later, is about my fridge is your fridge, right? And Altus likes that because he likes to come and eat at our place. Yeah. And I haven't had you back because you ate too much. I'm only kidding. No, I'm only kidding. The fellowship we're talking about is actually a word. It's a Greek word called koinonia, right? So I don't know Greek. I had to go and look this up. So don't ask me for any other words around that. But Greek koinonia means fellowship. And Paul uses it in three ways specifically in our relationship to God, right? So remember we spoke about with each other. Relationship to God, relationship to each other, well done and the relationship to the church in those three ways. All right, so our part in this is, um, if you read 1 John 1, verse 6 to 7, I'll read it from you. It's better. All right, you be with me. So we are lying 
if we say that we have fellowship with God, but go on living in spiritual darkness, we are not practicing the truth. Now, like it's a heavy, right? It's like, oh, Enrique, you just spoke about fellowship. How can you go on a heavy like that? Very good question, but that's not the part I want to focus on. All right, so verse 7 says, But if we are living in the light, as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other. So what's the requirement there? Living in the light, as God is in the light. Living in God, right? Um, And the idea there is that as we do that, then we are already in fellowship with one another. And it says then further that the blood of Jesus, His Son, cleanses us from sin. And that's the blessing that comes from that. So, if I'm not in relationship with God, koinonia, I can't be in koinonia with you, right? And then, what does that mean about the blood covering my sin? That's the heavy, yeah? All right, Philippians 2, got you thinking now, right? Philippians 2, verse 1 to 2 says, is there, in, and Paul writes, and like, obviously he's asking these questions, he's like, is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? You and I will say? Okay, yeah. Um, any comfort from his love. Yeah? Um, and then any fellowship together in the spirit. All right? Are your hearts, our hearts, tender and compassionate? I didn't get a resounding yes on that one. All right. Okay, then he says, then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly right, with each other. Loving one another and working together with one mind, one purpose. So, a requirement of koinonia, of fellowship, is that you and I need to be of one mind, one purpose. Yes? So, what do we have in common? Jesus, right? And this walk. So, united in purpose and then serving alongside each other. So, Stellenbosch, PM, props to you. This morning, coming here early, I got a bit of a mix-up with them uh, because I was talking about team when they were talking about the entire team. And I said, please be there at 7 o'clock. And the majority of the team only needed to be at 8. But bless their hearts, they sorted out a lot of things for us. And hopefully you felt the love when they were welcoming you and not like, who are you? Um, But fellowship with each other shows that we have fellowship with Jesus. It should, be a, a, it should be the reflection of that, all right? It should be that because I'm in relationship with God, that my fellowship with you should be a complete mirror of what that looks like. All right. It has to spill over into our relationships. All right. Another factor of koinonia is there's a co-laboring or partnership. There's like one word with all these facets to it, yeah? So fellowship is actually we co-labor. So us as a congregation, as community, as family, we work together. And what do we work together in? Whatever God has set before us. And why we want to extend the kingdom, we need to share the gospel. This is how you and I co-labor, yeah? So we partner together. And as elders, right, what we do is like Rian and Helen, they lead our congregation, right? So to co-laborers, we, we come alongside him and Helen, and we're like, okay, here's the vision for us. How do we work things together 
to execute what it is that God wants. So it's not a plan that we man make, but it's something that is inspired by God for us as a congregation. So we work together at that. Now, is it only up to the elders? No. Okay, that's the elder's wife that said so. Anybody else? No. Okay. <laughs> All right. So it's not only up to the elders, the deacons, the leaders. It's actually up to every saint. All of us. Right? We need to co-labor one to another. So we co-labor with other churches. That's 412 Partnership. But we co-labor within Josh Jen, Stellenbosch PM. We co-labor with one another, whether it's in community. And that is what it is that we're building uh, towards, right? A quinonia, fellowship with one another. Right? Romans 12 verse 5 says it so beautifully. Now, we all know the scripture about the one body. Yes? Yeah? Right? So it says... Um, so it is with Christ's body. We, all of us, are many parts of one body, and we all belong to each other. We all belong to each other. The other part of the scripture that says that one part can't say to the other part, you less important, right? Because, I mean, like, it's a bit difficult if I don't go along with the second foot, right? I can make it happen, but it just takes more effort. This is why we need every part to co-labor, to push towards that one goal, that one common purpose. And if any part is not functioning as it should, so it makes the laboring laborious, right? not joyful. Anyway, so we belong to each other. So in this, so that's my wife, Lizette, over there. I belong to her and she belongs to me. But in terms of the scripture, you and I belong to each other. You belong to me, I belong to you, you belong to me, you belong to them. That's what it means. We all belong to each other. What a beautiful picture that is. Anybody? Is it beautiful? Yeah? No? Okay. Cool. So, one John also says, in John, he writes, and he says in one John 4, I think, the exact verse I'm going to leave, but he says, um, we can't say that we love God if we don't love our neighbor, our brother, the one next to us, the one down the road, the one that we see in the store. We can't love God. We can't say that we love him if we're not showing love. Right? So in this context, we are then, because we are loved by God, and I prayed it this morning as well, it's like God through Jesus showed us love. Yeah, we know. We sang it early, the cross is empty in that way, yes? Um, and because he's shown us that and we've come into his family, there's a covenant between us and Jesus. And that covenant is holy, it's family. And because of that, we have the blessings that comes with that. Think about any very well-known name. And then think about the people that associate them with that surname. Let's use a surname, right? So like Abrams, very well-known. So anybody that associates with Abrams, sorry, I was trying to do a Rian thing. It didn't work. <laughs> All right. But if, if you think about royalty or something, people want to be associated with that because there's a blessing that comes with it. Not always financial, but there's a recognition. And this is what we have come into. When we came into covenant with Jesus, with God, we are that royal priesthood. We are in his house. We're no longer orphans. That's what the word says, right? So we come into his family. We have the covenant. 
we have the blessings that come with it, right? But then further than that, if Clinton has that blessing and he's in covenant, right? And Ulrich has that blessing and he is in covenant, then we are in covenant with one another. So that thing about we are one body and we, we knitted together, it even goes further because this is what God has created when he called us into family. So it's not something that we can just like push aside. Would we all agree? Yeah? Right. So in this, and I, I, I spoke about the my fridge thing, it comes to my family becomes your family. Right? Your possessions become my possessions. <laughs> my possessions becomes your possessions. <laughs> right? My house becomes your house. And Josh Jensen say, my fridge becomes your fridge. Oh, guys. All right. So it sounds cultic, right? Cultic. But the reality is it's not about the practice of it. It's about the heart and how we position ourselves in it. Right? Because if I'm truly giving of myself. And we heard it this morning. Even when Rian brought that, we heard it. When, if, if we don't do that, we, how can we say we are part of God's family? So when Nicodemus was called, like, follow me. Apparently lost out in those three years. So if we call to this, what is it that you are missing? Because yes, you are called to bless, but in that we are also blessed. So whenever we do this, whenever we open up anything that God has blessed us with, it actually blesses us as well. Yeah? All right. So one of the guys that partnered well with the, the first churches, right? He wrote most of the Bible, Paul. Yes? Not you. <laughs> all right. So Paul, Paul partners, and he travels all over the place, right? And um, one of the places he, he writes, and we use this normally for finance teaching, Second Corinthians, he, he speaks about the, the church in Macedonia, right? And in their little, they actually still contributed to the work of God, right? And he says in verse 5 of chapter 8, they even did more than we had hoped. For their first action, everyone say first action. Everyone say first action. So their first action was to give themselves to the Lord. Who did they give themselves to? The Lord. Their first action was to give themselves to the Lord. Then to us, who is the apostles and those that are doing the work, right? Um, and then he says there, just as God wanted them to do. So it's not because of anything that we will gain here, but it's something that God commands of us to actually give of ourselves in such a way, not always that it hurts, but where it comes from the heart as opposed to what I have. Yeah? All right. In Galatians, and, and this one, when, when I read it, it's always a thing of like, and, okay, let me get there. So it says Galatians 4, verse 14 to 15. He writes, but even though my condition tempted you to reject me, my condition tempted you to reject me. Anybody think, Paul, what did you have? Hey, like, so we just came out of COVID the last three years. Like, so what was your response when it first happened and somebody had it? Hey? So now you, you read this and you're like, hey, Paul, like what actually did you have in this moment that you thought that they... They could have rejected you. Interesting. 
right? But he says there, you did not despise me or turn me away. No, instead, you took me in and cared for me as though I were an angel from God or even Christ himself. So now we, we position this and we're like, okay, um, sometimes we have preferences and sometimes we have likes and dislikes and all these things when it comes to a lot of things, right? But put yourself in this position. When he came to them, it wasn't necessarily just to come and bring the word. Actually, the thing is, it's like he struggled to bring the word based on what you're reading into this, right? If you read further, the next line, it says there, the, the latter part of it, it says, actually, wait, where is that joyful, and now we know he's, he's like telling them, hey, where's, where's the joyful and grateful spirit you felt then? I'm sure you would have taken out your own eyes and given them to me if it had been possible. Sure. So that was the extent then, what happened in between to where you are now, where it's a challenge, where you're focusing on the things that you actually said no to before. Right? So that's that part there. But it's not about that part that I'm asking us to look at. It's like in our positioning of our hearts towards anything that God is asking of us, right? are we prepared to pluck our eyes? Not physically, obviously. I'm just saying. Where's your heart? Where's my heart? When I look at this, and I'm challenged by it because am I joyfully, and, and you heard it here this morning again, it's like in terms of how we're presenting ourselves. Kurt shared that, and he put it on Facebook in the week, and I read that post, and I was like, sure, this is a challenge. It's a challenge for each of us because am I giving just what I can? And we're not talking finances here, right? I'm talking about like just when it comes to God, it comes to his house, comes to the people of God in fellowship, right? Which is what we're talking about. Am I devoted, right? Is there difficulty and I'm still pushing through perseverance and actually doing and being devoted to the thing that God has called me? So this was my challenge this week, right? Just in preparing. So the question is, how do you and I co-labor? Beautiful. Thank you, Bobby. So it's good to start there, but sometimes we just want people to go, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> so the question here is, again, devoted to fellowship. So how well do I receive people? That's the question I ask myself. How well am I receiving anyone? Irrespective, not just those that I know, not just the friends, the colleagues, the family. Because let's face it, we do that well. I do. I think I do. See, Brian, he was only at my house now recently for the first time. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, he was only invited to my house for the first time not too long ago. Um, but he's been at my house a lot of times. All right, so so that, was, that was a dipstick for me, and clearly, like, it didn't, it wasn't high. <laughs> All right, but then when we, when we do have the people and we welcome them, and, and Yules, this, this reminded me of a preach, and I always, I always quote, Yules preached once, and he said, uh, outdoing one another in honor. Romans, right? It's like, am I outdoing whoever I'm having in honoring them? And it's not a competition, right? Well, to a certain extent, it is, but not for a pride sense. The idea here is really is like if I'm seeing Jesus, if I'm seeing the angel of God in the person, like, am I honoring them? How am I honoring them? So you notice I'm not saying you. 
Right? These are questions that we should be asking. It's personalized. I'm asking that. Am I honoring you when we are together? Right? And then, how much am I prepared to sacrifice when it comes to honoring and blessing this person or people? What does it cost me? Does it cost me anything? Or do I just do it out of my convenience? Is that koinonia? Is that fellowship? Is that devotion? All right? So I know that we're going quiet, and obviously it's a bit of an ouch because you're like, oh, I'm not putting a heavy on us. Right? I feel I can do better right? in my space. And one of the things here that I wanted to bring to us is the qualifications of an elder. Right? There's a lot. All right? Speaking to the elders, qualification of an elder, but also that you know. So one of the qualifications in 1 Timothy 3 and Titus 1, I think it is, yeah? Um, elders must be hospitable. Not, not that. Like, okay, hospitable. Yes? All right, so hospitality. And again, there's Greek words for this that makes up that, and I'm not going to share it with you because like, you don't want to know it, right? No. Okay. So um, it literally means showing love to strangers. So earlier we were talking about friends, neighbors, family. It's actually hospitable. You see, I'm spitting. Hospitality is actually about not those that we are comfortable with, not those that we spend all our time and our resources on. It's actually on strangers. So today, hopefully, we had a lot of visitors. We we saw, we can see, and hopefully today you are feeling loved. You are feeling welcomed, and hopefully by the end of today. Um, you will feel like so many of us when we came to visit that you are part of family because of the fellowship that started here, right, in that space. So, yeah, we know that these are the qualifications of an elder, so it's only up to the elders, right? Yeah? <laughs> All right. So I've been dropping 412 a lot. Yeah? So part of 412 speaks about the equipping of the saints. Yeah. So it's not just for the elders. It's for the elders to model this, model and example it well. And then that will flow over into the rest of the congregation to model it and example this well. So that when strangers come in, that they don't see anything different in any one of our interactions with them. Because they're seeing who? Jesus. Because that's where it starts. Remember the earlier points. Jesus. Thank you for those who are listening. Eh? All right. <laughs> so um, Romans 15 also says we, we are to welcome strangers as they are family. As if they are family. That's how we're supposed to. So it's not like hey, it's awkward uh, stuff like that. It's actually we're supposed to welcome their family in that. And then who modeled this best for us? Jesus, right? So with each and every one of us that call him Lord and Savior, that I spoke about, that says that we are in God's family as a result of, he modeled that with us. So once we were distant, we didn't all know Jesus all the time. So we were distant from him, right? But yet he loved us. The word even says that when we were his enemies, he loved us. He died for us. That's what the word says, right? So that we could be brought into family, so that we don't have to do anything to get into his family. He's already done that for us. He's still doing it today for those who are brokenhearted, those who are lost. He brings us into family. 
And that is what we want every single person to experience when they come in contact with us. Yeah? All right, so what is this going to cost us? Everything. All right. So let me put it down to three things, which kind of covers the everything. All right? So time, treasure, and talents. Time, treasure, and talents. Now put it in that order because I don't know about all of you, but time is one of those resources that are, like, firstly, it's not infinite. Right? We know that it's not for each of us in the context of mortality. But the thing is, is we do have time. What we share and who we share that time with is the part that I'd like us to speak about. So how much is the visitor, the stranger, the family member that I spoke about worth in terms of our time? So when I'm thinking about fellowship, quinonia, right, and what it costs, perseverance, difficulty, what does that look like? The best way we found to actually share time is actually... We, we know over a meal. We have people in our home. Uh, the thing with that is that people see everything. And I think sometimes we don't want people to see everything. But the beauty of that is that as people see who you are, they see that what you're doing here doesn't differ from here, doesn't differ from there. Because who you are is who Christ has called you to be in every circumstance, whether it's in industry, church, Family, friends, doesn't matter. The other beauty of this is, and I shared with the, the worship team not too long ago, I said, if you really want to find out how a parent really is, a person of children, a person who has children, speak to their kids. They are truth machines, man. <laughs> so, they, you know, sometimes you have the funny things and they'll say, you know, the funny things, but if, if you really want to, please don't do this because I think it's kind of shady. I'm just saying, be in their company. Be in their company and you'll see that thing play out beautifully. You'll see it play out in my home because we've got different. I've got three ladies in my home. I was going to do this. Three ladies in my home, right? So my wife and two daughters, um, preteen and a teenager. Whoa. All right. Whoa. So, so, so the thing is, this, not my wife so much. <laughs> yeah, but, but the thing is, this, having, having my girls um, at times and so on, and having people in the house and see how we relate to each other, because you can't portray something that's not forever. Yeah? So you get people to come in, they see who you are, they see you. Um, Kim Muller used to say, you see me in all my idiosyncrasies. What's and all, something like that, yeah, like all my little quirks, my little pet peeves, all those things you see, right? But I lay that out for you to see. Um, and the reason for that is because we want to be genuine, we want to be authentic, we want to be real, and then also allow you to be able to speak into our lives if that is what is required. Because how else are we going to sharpen, right? Iron sharpens iron. How else are we going to do that? So the reality for us is that Speak into our lives, the only way that's going to happen is if we're actually in each other's lives. Paul writes and he says, like, um, he, he references, when I was with you, you saw how I lived. You saw what I did. So these things model to us 
something. So if the first person that we disciple is ourselves, right? Because, I mean, self. And then our kids. And then our relationships. So what is my discipleship looking like when you look at all these relationships? What is yours looking like? What is the mirror reflecting back to us in that space? But if we're giving, if we're generous with our time and we, we like, intentional, and believe me, I don't like this word, I'm using it, but we are intentional, right, and then determined to actually live out that intent, then we should see a reflection of what God is doing and working in and through us, right? Because we can't do this on our own. The beauty of it is that we can't build partnerships with anyone if we're not in each other's lives. We can't do that. And that costs time. How much time? How much is it worth? The next one is treasure. And treasure can be anything, even time, right? But let's face it, financially. So if I have somebody over, um, by the way, Josh and me do bring in shares, right? Luck, yes? Okay, so, but if I have somebody over, like I want to give them, you know what I mean? Come, come be with me. You don't have to add anything. You can, it's fine. If you feel you want to, but, like, come over. So it's going to cost me something. Even if they bring something, it's going to cost me something. So it's costing me time. It's going to cost me financially, electricity, all these things. It's finances. It's a, all right. But the question is, when we look at what I spoke about just before this, about or just earlier, around being in covenant with God and Jesus and the fact that um, he blesses us. All right? So the finances, the time, Whatever resources we have, we get from God. Yeah? And he says he blesses us, he gives us enough for ourselves, and we heard this in a stewardship teaching not too long ago, and also enough to bless others. So now if that's already the foundation, then is it costing me something? Thought? Just leaving that there. Remember, I'm speaking about myself. These are questions I'm asking me. Yeah? Hopefully you're asking yourself as well. So is it really a cost? All right. So we should see it as a blessing to share what we have, what God has blessed us with, because he's given us enough for ourselves and enough to bless the next person. Would you have a measure? All right. Now, the last one I said, gifts and talents. And you're like, okay, how's this going to play out? So everybody has been given gifts by the Holy Spirit. Yeah? And I spoke about, again, the elders. One of the things is hospitality from that perspective. Now, all of us have also, other than gifts, we have preferences. And one thing that I've been latching on for the last couple of months is that in 1 Corinthians 12, at the end of where it speaks about gifts and everybody should desire prophecy, there's another verse that speaks around you should actually look at what's lacking. This is what it says, right? Just look at what's lacking and ask God to give you that gift. So when you look in the context of our congregation, congregation uh, of what we're talking about in terms of every week we're saying 412, we're talking hosting, we're saying coming to the conference, the gathering, like opening up our homes. In the context of that, how many seats were it? 170 beds we were looking for. 120. Where are we lacking? Are we praying? God, help me use my resources. Yeah. 
no guilt on anyone. I'm just putting it in perspective for us, right? So in the context of gifting in the church, so if you look at what happens on a Sunday, what happens in the week, Lord, where can I? Lord, please use me. Yes? In all contexts. All right. So just an example from our life. And we, we had the opportunity a couple of years ago, pre-COVID, to go to Thailand. And it uh, coincidentally went over the 412 conference period of that year. Um, we wanted to go to the conference. Things just worked out the way it did. We had a lovely time. The conference was lovely as well, so we missed out because we saw the videos online. Um, but one of the things that, that we really wanted to do was host. But we weren't going to be here. And then we spoke, and we said, we really want to do this. Then the mechanics around it, we put up our hands anyway. Yes? So our house was available. We were out of the country to strangers who have since become family. Right, so the beauty of this is that as a body of believers, we could lean on a few people to make sure that those we were hosting were hosted well. So we had somebody stay with them. We made sure that everything was there that they needed. Saprat, fresh towel, food in the fridge, electricity. I'm bad at that. That's why it comes up every time because I don't buy electricity on time. Right, so, so, but there was sufficient electricity. Right? So the thing about this is that we didn't know who we were hosting. We were in contact, but we didn't know who we were hosting. Fast forward three years, we go to Swellendam Outreach, and we are hosted. Lovely couple. Spending the time, and then we, we go to the service, and there's a time of swallowship before the service. Yeah? No? Okay. Anyway, so, and a, and a young lady comes up to Lizette, and she's like, oh, Lizette, I lived in your house for the four talk. And it was like, we did not know the person. Via, 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 she got to know that we are there. And then she came to me. So the two ladies that were hosted in her house in Saprat just spoke about the amazing blessing that they received. And remember what I said is when we use to bless, we are blessed. When we were there, we lacked for nothing. It was beautiful. So it's not that like what you give, you will receive, but God's word is true. It's something that we can stand on. Right? It's a firm, firm foundation. Right? So why hospitality? Do I need to give more reasons? I, I mean, I covered quite a bit. No? No? No, I'm just kidding. All right. So the very important part is that if you didn't get it, is that we're representing Christ. It's a mirror of who he is. We're representing him, his family. So we want to do it well. It's something that he asks us to do. We, we are there. They first gave themselves to God, then to the apostles, right? Because this is what God wanted. So that's what he, Jesus wants that from us. Yeah? Our homes don't belong to ourselves. What we have it's not ours. It's literally not ours to give. He's given it to us to steward well. How we steward it is based on our hearts, our position with Him. Yeah? The second one is that it impacts the nations. Now, some of you might be too young for this, and I'm not going to sing it, but who sang the song, Lord Jeremiah, send me to the nations for, as an ambassador for you? Anybody? 
No? 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 Is it? They change it. Okay. But anyway, we've, we've said, yeah, I am, right? Lord, send me. Nobody? Anybody? Come on. Yeah, we've said it. But we have said it. I've said it. Wouldn't want to go to the nations. Oh, but not that nation. <laughs> but this is an opportunity for us. So if you don't have the resources, um, I mean, money's tight. We know the uh, economy is getting back to things. So we, we don't all have the resources to do it. But this is an op- opportunity for you to still be an ambassador and have the nations come to us. Having the nations in my home. Because you don't know who you're getting. God sorts that out. Right? And that's how we build relationship. The beauty of this is that as we commune with each other, we are changed. We had Bonnyvale people, uh, the worship team, not so long ago. They were hosted by the worship team. Lovely relationships, lovely connections made. Right? We have long-lasting friendships beyond just superficial connections as a result of that. But it changes people. And this is the thing. Changes people, changes churches, changes nations. And you're like, how? The example that, that Mike Davies uses is that um, there was a time when, when, when Andrew, Andrew goes into the nations and he shares, and it sounds amazing, right? 412, Josh, and it sounds amazing. Because, like, how does this play out? I'm trying to convey this to my church. I'm trying to convey this to our people. But they just can't catch it. So 70 plus Josh Jenners do what? They get on a plane, go to Isle of Man. And they live in the homes of the people. And they share Jesus. They do life. And catches a light. We spoke about that. Torches. Right? It catches a light. Isle of Man is now a conference every year. And it pushes out into Europe. Further into the nations. As a result of people like you and I, just doing life, just living out Jesus. And that's what we're asking for, right? This is where I'm landing, if you didn't catch it. 412 is coming up. We're looking for beds. We're looking for couches. We're actually just looking for hearts that are open, right? So it's not what you have. And and let's, let's look at when Jesus used the the lady with the two coins. Right? Any teachable moment for the disciples? All the wealthy people were putting a lot of money, and she came and she gave two coins. Right? And who gave the most? And the obvious thing would be the person who gave the most. They said, no. They gave out of the abundance, and she gave what she had. And the reality for us is that this is what we have. So whether it is a one-bedroom apartment and we can sleep on a couch, um, or you can make some room somewhere else, whether you can give up a car, give a lift, we're just asking for, use me. What is my heart position like? What does fellowship, what does devotion look like? Is it really going to cost me? Yeah? Thanks, Joe. So, Father, we thank you, Lord, that, you know what, as we sit under your word, um, we, we see your heart and we hear your heart for your people. We hear your heart for those who are currently strangers to us, Lord. And 
for us to be united as one purpose, one heart, one vision for you. And we ask, Lord, that as we let this word just uh, come into our hearts, Father, that you will let it work and that our position will always be, here we are, Lord, use us. We ask, Father, that wherever this is heard today, that people's hearts will be changed towards um, everything that you would want them to be, Father, that it will be positioned towards you and towards what your heart is, and that is for your gospel to reach the nations. So we thank you for the part that we play. We thank you, Lord, that you've given us gifts, Father, and you thank you, Lord, that even as we pray and seek you, you will give us the gifts that are lacking wherever we find ourselves. In Jesus' name, amen.